Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Teleperformance Solutions, our podcast where we talk about seller problems and Amazon issues and try to present solutions wherever possible, of course. I'm here with Leah McHugh. Leah, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you, Chris? Good. And we've had a lot of good comments about this podcast, so thanks for listening to prior episodes, and we hope you'll join us for future ones. We do hope as well that we won't have to have this particular conversation too many times because today we're talking about fabricated documentation, whether it's a faked invoice or a lot of sellers faking brand approvals from certain brands, mostly by hiring third-party services that they haven't really vetted at all. And we've seen a couple of examples, people contacting us saying that they were recommended to a service from a friend. The friend didn't really tell them how the service operated or how they completed the documentation. In the course of the account suspension process, the seller learned that that third-party service was simply faking the documentation for them. If you don't have invoices and someone is like, I can get you invoices in your name, there's really no legitimate way that they can do that unless you're buying the inventory for that the invoice is for. It's it's one thing to say that you didn't understand what they were doing, but you also knew that you weren't buying those products that you now have an invoice for that's in your name. And maybe some of them thought they're hiring a service to submit something directly to Amazon on their behalf. But you remember what you did, right? If you didn't buy this stuff and somebody sent you an invoice with your name on it, obviously, you know that that's faking documentation. The problem is a lot of sellers don't understand the severity of that offense. And they're extremely surprised when Amazon considers that fraud and sends you a code of conduct violation message and an account suspension. Or maybe they think they'll be suspended possibly, but they can resolve it easily. Fraud's a hard one to come back from. That's not just an Amazon policy thing. That's a legal thing. Right. Uh, it is possible to come back from those. I'm not saying it isn't possible because we've seen it. Unlikely. Anything is possible on Amazon, right. but that's not really a good business practice to begin with. Right. And you, we get a lot of the like, I was new. I didn't know what I was doing, which is something that we've right. talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But again, if the first thing that you do as a seller on Amazon is commit fraud, What reason do they have to give you a second chance? Right. And we've heard from people who said, oh, I didn't realize it was fraud. And you're essentially telling Amazon you don't know how to conduct business if you don't realize what fraud is. Mm -hmm. So they're not motivated to bring you back when you say, I was ignorant about the law or I was ignorant about fraud or I was ignorant about this service. If they think that you have absolutely no idea how to vet a third party service that can put Amazon buyers in harm's way, then they'll never trust you with a seller account. If you're doing it in the very beginning, like Leo was saying, you're saying that you're so much of a novice and so much of a beginner that you don't belong in their marketplace. So you're solidifying the argument against reinstating you. I think that's what people are missing. And it's a slippery slope. If you're willing to fake documents like invoices or letters Mm -hmm. of authorization, it, it makes it seem highly probable that you would also be willing to fake things like safety documentation or right. any other documentation that Amazon requests from you that you just don't happen to have. Mm-hmm. They, they're asking for these things for a reason, and that reason isn't just to make you jump through hoops. Right. And if you're hiring a company that's helping you fake documentation from one brand, why wouldn't it happen again with another brand in the future, mm-hmm. especially if you use them in the past and it was successful and you somehow snuck through? then you're likely to go back to that source. And don't forget, Amazon's trying to get sellers to tell them about those companies just so that they can chase them either legally or or ban sellers who are using those services. It's not just about your seller account at that point. Amazon's trying to get all of those people out of all the evildoers collected and rounded up and kicked out. 
So if you are willing to show them, Leah was saying, maybe there is a way to get back. Maybe there are some people who get reinstated, not just from random dumb luck. If you're willing to help Amazon chase after services like that, you're helping them solve a problem. And uh, it's not just newbies, by the way. I've had some sellers who've been selling three, four years tell me we trusted the wrong company. We didn't know what we were doing. It's not just brand new accounts. No, of course. And like I said, it isn't just things like ungating. You know, we see plenty of sellers who are selling products that don't have the required legal documentation to support them. So they're not generally necessarily faking documentation when they come to us, but they just don't have the documentation that they legally need to have to sell those products. At a certain point, you can't get that documentation anymore. You can't retroactively get your pesticide registered with the EPA for like Mm -hmm. the last three years that you've been selling that product. And I think people think that changing a date, like, well, that's not such a big deal. It's not like I changed the company I was buying from entirely but I'm just making a date change. They rejected my invoice because it wasn't within 365 Mm -hmm. days. So I moved it back a month. Any kind of manipulation of that document is the same kind of fraud. You're either doing something fraudulent or you're not. It's not, well, it's just changing a number. Come down to a safety thing. If the supplier or manufacturer is tracking things by lots, if a certain lot has an issue with it that needs to Mm -hmm. be recalled or needs to be fixed, you're changing that date affects their ability, Amazon's ability, whoever's ability to Mm -hmm. track the inventory that is unsafe or that does need to be recalled. Right. It's not just a date. Right. If Amazon lets you pass with bogus information or fake safety documents, they're on the hook for it. That's what I think a lot of sellers don't understand. Mm -hmm. We understand that Amazon rarely asked for compliance documentation in past years, but finally they circled around to doing that. They say the buyer experience is their, you know, chief objective. Well, they've had a few judges tell them that they're now liable for the safety of the products sold on Amazon. So now they're a little bit more concerned about the safety of the products sold on Amazon. So you're hurting their liability. You're putting, making them more liable and you're putting them at risk when you're faking things. It's not just, Hey, you're a big company. I'm a small fry. Give me a second chance. Uh, They actively don't want you to have another chance If you're that risky to the point where you're putting them at risk, not just their buyers, the company of Amazon, because God knows what can show up in a newspaper or news article or social media, something can go viral saying, I bought this from Amazon, from this seller. And then in the course of the investigation, Amazon realizes that they either ignored or accepted faked documentation. They can't afford that risk. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And again, if you're willing to change a date, Mm -hmm. What else are you willing to change? Right. I don't and know. also, <laughs> like you mentioned, this is illegal. This isn't just Amazon policy. This mm-hmm. fraud is a legal violation, right? You're not just violating policy. I had a conversation with a seller today who said, well, I'm going to hire a lawyer to write a letter to send to Amazon legal, or I'm going to take a legal approach to this. What is even and, a legal approach? They broke the Yeah. <laughs> I kept saying to him, like, first of all, that makes no sense because sending it to legal isn't going to result in anything other than what you're admitting guilt to Amazon legal that probably does more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Second of all, what legal argument do you plan to make through that lawyer? Is it just another way of apologizing saying we'll never do it again? Is that lawyer that you've hired telling you what the legal potential legal consequences are of admitting that in writing Mm -hmm. to Amazon legal at a time where Amazon's trying to basically get rid of all sorts of nefarious parties doing this stuff? What if legal wrote back to you? Let's just say they read it and they say, you know what? Hank, this is an excellent opportunity to squeeze you for everyone you hired 
so we can go after them mm -hmm. and then we'll make you our witness when we go after them in court. Well, I think if history has shown, shown us anything, it's that they are willing to make cases against people and take these things to court. I mean, but, we saw it, we all remember the Fiverr thing, however many mm -hmm, years ago mm -hmm, that that's was. That's what I was thinking of, exactly. Yeah. Not just the Fiverr thing, but if you're hiring any kind of lawyer, you need to discuss with them what are the potential legal consequences of my admission of guilt in writing that goes to an adversary, Amazon in this case, or another party of any kind. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't just say, oh, you know, pay us a few thousand bucks. We work with Amazon sellers all the time. We'll write a nice letter. You'll send it to legal. They'll take it seriously because it's from a lawyer and you'll have a better chance of success. They probably need to tell you, well, here's the downside of putting this in writing. If they're not doing that, then good sign that you've uh, hired the wrong attorney. Yeah, definitely. Once it goes to the legal department, no other department is going to touch it. So it's not like you right. can try legal and then go back to seller performance. Once it's gone to legal, things. no yeah. other team is going to look at your case. And then really your only shot after that is arbitration. Mm -hmm. And realistically, what is even your argument in arbitration at that point? I submitted fraudulent documents and Amazon right. suspended me. And I think that's unfair. Well, that's... a big part of this is people, sellers aren't getting their final funds. If they wait 90 days, they're not getting their money because they faked the documentation. Mm -hmm. So understand that when you're willingly doing this, whether it's malicious or not, when you are a party to submitting fraudulent fake documentation to Amazon, you could be losing all of your money, not just the money associated with those brands, those ASINs, right. those orders. They can keep everything. And then like you were saying, if you went to arbitration, your odds of winning are much lower because you've been caught you know, faking documentation. So mm -hmm. something to think about, do not blindly trust all any third party service that's meandering around. The Even Amazon if their space. website says we are TOS compliant, <laughs> anyone can put that on their website. It's pretty much on all of the black hat websites. Everyone says that we've yeah. seen YouTube videos, which I'm not surprised that they put that on their website. What really surprises me is so many sellers are just blindly believing this stuff without any fact checking, without any due diligence. Mm -hmm. Remember, you're, the buck stops with you. You are the owner of the business. Amazon expects you to take responsibility for all the decision-making around that business. Right. If you hired one of these services, you can't just blame the service for misleading you. I've had a lot of people send me plans of action that they wrote, and the root causes section is all those guys, those guys, those guys. We hired mm -hmm. them. We trusted them. Amazon reads that, what's their first thought? You trusted them. Why did you trust them? Where is your ownership? Where are you taking responsibility for the fact that you paid these guys to mess with us and to mess with our buyers and ultimately to ruin your business? So where is that appeal where we can trust that you can uh, interact with our buyers and not do that again in the future? Yeah, even outside of the outside services, we'll see a few mm -hmm. ways like, oh, well, we fired that employee because the employee was doing everything wrong and we had no idea. Right, right. The root cause is that you had no idea what that employee was doing, not that right. the employee was doing it. Right. We've seen those too, right? The employee a lot of those. fabricated the documentation or manipulated the invoice. First mm -hmm. of all, how believable is that? Second of all, throwing an employee under the bus never does anything. All that does is say that you've got no control over your employees. You have no idea what they're doing. You have no oversight over them. You can put that in the POA. That yeah, that is the root cause. The employee. <laughs> so that isn't a viable, acceptable root cause, but that makes you look pretty bad too. You have to come back with pretty good solutions for how you're going to control what the employees are doing in the future. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, any questions on this rather delicate topic? Uh, hopefully not many of you are experiencing this right now. If you have any questions about it, 
please let us know. Come to e-commerce, Chris, and send us a message through the contact form. And thanks again for listening in to Solid Performance Solutions.